This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. OnePlus just launched its flagship OnePlus 10T smartphone, but is it the high-end Android phone for you? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss this is Jeff Norris, head of marketing for OnePlus. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Roger. Happy to be here. So OnePlus has always launched two flagship phones a year, and this is the second for 2022. Talk about the OnePlus 10T and how it differs from the OnePlus 10 Pro that launched just a few months ago. Yeah, we're really excited to bring the OnePlus 10T uh, to consumers all around the globe. Um, when we look at our audience for the for the 10T, we really look at it as power users. Um, and given all the hardware that we're driving into the device, from the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 to the fast-powered, fast-charging, 150-watt um, capability, to everything we're packing in, we really look at uh, the power user as the core audience uh, for the 10T uh, and really excited to bring that uh, to consumers, uh, not just in North America, but globally as well. Right. And uh, the big question, how much is this phone? Yeah. So in North America, it'll be at $649. And how does that compare to the 10 Pro? The 10 Pro, when it was launched, came in at $899. Um, so the, the 10T is... Uh, priced uh, very competitively, not just within the OnePlus products, but ultimately within the, the larger competitive set. And we believe that given the innovation we're driving, given um, the software optimizations, that 649 is a really, really powerful price point that our consumers are really going to enjoy. And give me a just rundown of some of the key specs, the, the notable features that you'll find on the 10T, specifically ones that maybe you wouldn't be able to get on the 10 Pro? Yeah, I think, you know, there's probably two that really come to mind. I, I can dive down a little bit deeper into others, but the two main KSPs, one is the latest and greatest Qualcomm Snapdragon chipset, the 8 Plus Gen 1, which is uh, super powerful, ultra-performing, uh, peak performance uh, within uh, the chipset uh, from Qualcomm. And we also have 150-watt fast charging which in a nutshell, it'll give you a day's power in 10 minutes. Um, so there's no, no need to be tethered to an outlet for hours upon hours. Literally in 10 minutes from brushing your teeth to having a cup of coffee to doing one or two yoga poses, you have a full day's charge within the 10T. Now, there's, there's other optimizations and other uh, key selling points within the 10T that our consumers are really going to enjoy. Um, one is uh, we've really enhanced the connectivity of the 10T um, from a 360 antenna system. So whether you're gaming uh, and holding your phone horizontally or watching the latest you know, Netflix movie, um, you're driving and gaining uh, really powerful uh, connectivity to your phone. So you're never missing a beat. And then there's other optimizations uh, that we've uh, done 
from uh, better connectivity between Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. We have Hyperboost for really gaming optimizations. We have a really large 3D cooling system that keeps your phone cool as you uh, game or as you multitask. Uh, it really is a, a great device from top to bottom, uh, driving the marriage between hardware uh, and software. Got it. And I did notice, like in, in looking over the specs, there are some trade-offs. Right, the camera doesn't seem to be as powerful as the 10 Pro. The pixel density is a little less. There, there seem to be some trade-offs to kind of get to that lower price point. Uh, Wonder if you could talk a little bit about that and the decisions that went into, you know, what you could add or what you had to take out to get to that price. Yeah, there, there's always a balance that uh, we have to strike. Uh, and I think the one thing that we are really positioned as is OnePlus is really listening to our community and understanding uh, what they want in the device, what they need um, in a flagship um, uh, product. And so when we look at what we were able to do and what our consumers want, uh, we really focused on performance and our power user. And so while we might not have the, the Hasselblad uh, branding like we did on the 10 Pro and, and you know, the higher lenses, we're still driving a really crisp and clear uh, camera array and camera lenses to drive um, uh, products um, and camera features. Um, but we've really focused on how do we drive performance that meets the user's uh, need within their daily lives. And when we think about the chipset, when we think about flagship um, uh, charging, fast charging, when we think about the optimizations we're, we're driving on uh, the upcoming OS 13, we're really meeting the needs of our users and, and uh, our core community. It was an interesting decision with the camera. Just There are a number of other features there that there's some differences between the 10 Pro and the 10T. But given that the camera is, is such a big deal for all users, power users or not, I'm just curious what was sort of the decision behind to basically get away from the Hasselblad partnership and, and basically tweak the camera so it wasn't quite as powerful as the 10 Pro. Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, there's there's definitely a trade-off. And when we think about the positioning of the 10 Pro compared to the 10T, the 10 Pro is really meant to be the all-around uh, best flagship performance possible across, you know, uh, camera, across screen, across design, uh, every feature and function that was available in, in um, uh, early spring was really driven through our 10 Pro. And when we think about the positioning of the 10T, we're really targeting our power users, where camera is still very important. It's important to all users. Um, and we're still driving that camera performance, um, but maybe just doesn't have you know the latest and greatest uh, hardware lenses like the 10 Pro with the Hasselblad branding. But I know our consumers are still going to be happy with the picture quality of the 10T and their ability to take pictures, whether at day or at night. We're still driving a really quality camera performance within the 10T. All right. Well, let's let's talk about OnePlus's presence in the U.S. because it seemed like, especially in the early days, as you kind of built up momentum, you had a a lot of support or you're growing support from T-Mobile and Verizon and it it's felt like that's faded in the last few years with really T-Mobile sort of the, the big supporter. I'm curious what the U.S. carrier support picture looks like now. And and where in, in this picture is AT&T or, or are they still out of it? You know, we're still looking across and uh, ensuring that for us at OnePlus, we're really focused on our target audience uh, and really focused on how are we delivering the product that best meets them. 
um, and focused within broadly from a marketing perspective, partnering with the people, places, and platforms that define culture here in North America. And so looking across the wider array of, of marketing partnerships, you know, we are in early spring, we had a partnership with the Boston Marathon uh, dedicated to our flagship, happened right after the 10 Pro. Uh, for our in-series, we launched a partnership in June with uh, the UFC, really dedicated to that target audience. And so as we continue to look through a target audience, understanding the value proposition we bring as a brand to our users and elevating that uh, from a marketing perspective, you know, consumers are really going to um, be able to buy a OnePlus device uh, across multiple channels uh, and have it work across uh, multiple carriers. Well, and what does that support look like in terms of if you buy a fo- if you buy the phone for your carrier, uh, will you get full support for all the bands, um, for all the different flavors of five G? What is what does that look like? Yeah, we'll we'll actually have more carrier announcements uh, coming uh, soon, right after uh, the launch event. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're really excited about what we have in the pike, um, and more information will be coming. Got it. Well, I, but what, I just without going to specifics, is it similar to the kind of support we saw with the 10 Pro or more? You're you're trying to trying to squeeze me for everything you got. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, more information coming. Really excited. Uh, again, we'll we'll make sure uh, you and uh, the podcast listeners, as, as well as just general consumers, have a better understanding of what that support looks like uh, in the coming weeks. Mm. Okay, yeah, because that obviously that was the one one of the big uh, issues we had with the 10 Pro was uh, a reason why we couldn't necessarily recommend it wholeheartedly was because it, you know for essentially a third of the nation for folks who are on AT and T didn't really have support for some of those bands so you know that was that was an issue uh, obviously less so with some of the other carriers but um, yeah we're I think. Folks are eager to see how that gets addressed with uh, the new 10T, especially since this phone is more affordable. Uh, you sort of alluded to this with uh, this idea of investing in, in these niche markets, but I'm curious what you know what is sort of that overall strategy for OnePlus North America? Is it so? Is it not to build the brand for everyone, but to go after some of these niche audiences? Because it, it you know obviously it seemed like with uh, with last year when uh, LG pulled out of the phone business, you know, there was kind of an opening for like another big phone player in the market. And just curious where, where we are and where OnePlus is now versus, you know, a year ago or so. And it seemed like, you know, you could have been a potential candidate to be a much broader, bigger player. Yeah. I think for us, it's really about being laser focused and having a strategic approach to how we're driving not just the brand, but our product strategy um, here within, you know, over the coming years. Um, and as we continue to, to focus on our target audience and the value proposition that we bring, um, really ensuring that what we're driving from a product standpoint um, matters and empowers our users. And we believe that, you know, we've grown over the course of many years through mainly word of mouth. And we're continuing to drive that uh, thanks in large part to our community that we continue to interact with, that we continue to engage with, and that we continue to have conversations with to give us feedback. And as we think about our core user and expanding that circle a little bit, we really don't want to uh, over-index one way or the other and, and lose sight of really what has driven the growth of OnePlus. But knowing that 
as we grow our brand awareness, as we align with partners, uh, as we align with uh, people and, and platforms, that our awareness will grow and people will enjoy not just our product, but ultimately what our brand stands for. Uh, and, you know, really excited about what we have coming down the line uh, later in Q3, Q4, and into next year. Uh, we're really going to uh, have a major impact in North America specifically um, yeah. with uh, things that are coming down the line uh, from both a marketing perspective, but also a product perspective. Ah, care to give us any kind of tease? Are we talking about another phone or accessories? What, I what? think that was the, the tease you're going to get uh, now, <laughs> um, and, but can't wait to, to share more uh, details when it, when it comes. So Okay, great, great. Well, uh, from a broader level, uh, you know, I'm curious, I know, a lot of OnePlus's teams have merged with uh, the parent company Oppo, um, both obviously Chinese-based phone makers. I'm curious how that has changed OnePlus's approach, or has it changed the approach, and and how you work to build and sell phones. Yeah, our our approach really hasn't changed. Um, as we kind of expressed earlier within kind of the integration of Oppo, OnePlus still uh, operates independently. And so as we think about how we go to market with products, as we think about hardware features and software features that we want to drive within OnePlus products, we're really able to do that because we do um, operate um, differently and independently uh, than OnePlus. So from a macro perspective and from a brand perspective, nothing has changed. We're still driving innovative features within our product set um, that are different from you know, Oppo. Um, and looking forward to that continuing as we bring more products to bear. Okay. Uh, and in case how that, that is affecting or how that influences the development of Oxygen OS, uh, I know the version 13 of your OS is expected later this year. I'm curious what we can expect to see there. Yeah, from an Oxygen OS 13, really excited to uh, announce that, um, but also to have that come to market later this year, first on the 10 Pro and then coming on the 10T. Um, you know, our philosophy on the Oxygen OS is really driving a fast and smooth experience, and that's not changing. The OS 13 will be um, minimalist and have a, a simplicity in features and styles, along with a little bit of that in, uh, innovation that makes the user's experience better. And ultimately ensuring that, you know, we're driving a stable performance uh, within the OS that our consumers and, and ultimately community expect from us. Got it. Uh, and lastly, and this is sort of a broader question I asked to, to phone makers in general, but it seems like the excitement for new smartphones isn't what it used to be. And keep in mind, I've been covering this business for God, two decades at this point, um, that which... Yeah, basically when DSL lines was the exciting part of this business. Uh, I'm curious what you think needs to happen to get people passionate about mobile devices again. Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I think, you know, what we have done throughout our history is drive really a lot of innovation within the smartphone industry. Uh, when you think about things like the pop-up camera or, you know, fast charging capabilities, we're still driving that innovation and there's more coming down the line. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, is the industry not exciting? I think the way, you know, hardware has specifically driven a lot of that innovation and, and excitement. Um, and I think for us, we have to balance 
both hardware and software. And I think a lot of the optimizations we're doing on the 10T really enhances our consumers' lives. And it might not be, you know, the most flashy of, you know, spec or, or most flash uh, hardware, but really, you know, empowers the users from a software capability and really almost acts as, you know, maybe not a second brain, per, for instance, but really uh, kind of uh, improves the lives um, from our consumers uh, through software uh, as we look at hardware innovation, you know, coming. Well, thanks, Jeff, for your time. This has been Jeff Norris, head of marketing for OnePlus. Thanks, Roger. For more information on the OnePlus 10T, you can check out our hands-on with a phone at cnet.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. For the David Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.